I recently came across an article that described a very unusual uh, piece of artwork which is connected to our class today on Hilchas Muksa. It was a piece of artwork that was on display at the Art Basel Miami Beach. It sold for $120,000. Um, it was designed by artist Maurizio Caitlin. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. And it was a banana. It was a banana, a yellow banana, taped to a white wall with gray duct tape at a specific angle. That was the entire display. The title of the article, the, the, the subheader, was a quote from the artist. In the article, it said that the artist contemplated this piece of, uh, of artwork for a very long time, and in the end, he decided the deeper meaning behind it was, quote, the banana is supposed to be a banana, end quote. So this um, depiction, this piece of artwork, was brought up in the course of the study of Hilchas Muksa, because the question was asked, let's say you were the person who bought that banana for some reason and you had a banana in your house and um, you got hungry on Shabbos and wanted to take a bite out of it. Now, uh, let's ignore for a moment the tape because uh, it would be a problem to remove the tape on uh, Shabbos. That has nothing to do with muksa. It's not directly connected to the topic of muksa. That's just uh, something which is stuck together. We, we can't undo it on Shabbos. Um, but assuming you can slide the banana out of the uh, of the duct tape without uh, peeling it off. Would you be allowed to eat this banana on Shabbos? Or would that banana be muksa? And it would be the category of muksa that we are discussing today, which is called muksa machmas chesron kis, or in English, muksa due to the um, due to the fact that it's a valuable item, a valuable object. So I'll get back to the halach in that particular case towards the end of this class. But this segues straight into our topic today, our topic this week in the Shabbos Learning Project, topic of Muksa Machmas Chesron Kis, the Muksa category of valuable objects. Last week we covered the topic of Muksa that is a Kli Shemalachto Le'iser, an object of prohibited use. A valuable object is a different category. In fact, it's a category which is even more stringent than an object of prohibited use. As you mentioned in the very first class, I believe in the introduction, muksa, the word muksa literally means set aside. It's something which is set aside. It's something which is set aside that we don't use on Shabbos, and therefore, Chazal, the sages, prohibited us from, from moving it at all. Um, muksa, by the way, does not mean forbidden, as some people confuse. My kids, for example, sometimes ask me, my younger children ask me if it's muksa to uh, like tie a double knot on Shabbos, or if it's muksa to take out a mushroom from a salad. The answer is no, it's not muksa, it's usr, it's a malacha. Tying a double knot, tying a knot in a, in a certain way, is the malacha of kosher, of tying on Shabbos. Taking unwanted food out of a mixture would be the malacha of borer on Shabbos. It's not muksa, it's a malacha. It's not, not set aside um, by rabbinic law, in these cases, uh, these are likely isurei deiraisa. They're biblical prohibitions. So muksa is not forbidden. They're two separate things. 
something which is muksa is forbidden, but that's not what the word means. Muksa means set aside. So there are certain items which, which are set aside. Those are items of prohibited use, for example. Um, but even though they're set aside, there are ways in which one can use them. You have the old hammer. You can take the hammer and crack your nuts. You can't use it for building. That's prohibited use. But you can use it for a normative permitted use. This level, this subject, today's, this week's subject of valuable objects, don't have permitted uses. You don't use them. By definition, they're valuable, and you don't want to use them for other things. And therefore, they're set aside. You're Essentially, you totally put them out of your consciousness. So whereas a klisha malachta le'iser, item of prohibited use, can be used, as I mentioned, uh, you can use it for a permitted use, you can use it for itself, or you can use it uh, because you need the space that it's occupying, that is not the case of muksa machmas chesron kis, of valuable objects. They are not allowed to be used in a normal way for any reason. Um, a classic way to understand this is that most items that are valuable objects for this category are also kalim shemalachtam iser. They're also items of, for, of prohibited use. Uh, for example, a laptop. A laptop is something which you use. Its, it's, its use is prohibited on Shabbos. And it's also valuable. So it's two levels of muksa in one item. It's muksa because it's a item of prohibited use. And on top of that, it's valuable. So we can understand why this level of muksa is more stringent than the last week's level of muksa. And this would apply to most things that fall in this category. Or many things. You have, um, for example, a credit card, a checkbook, bills, um, which we'll get into a bit in a, in a few minutes. But those are all items that um, involve prohibited use, and on top of that are valuable to you, and therefore they have a higher level of muksa, and they can't be used for the, to use them or to use their space. There are certain exceptions to this rule. There are um, items that don't involve prohibited use, and yet they're considered to be valuable objects. For example, you have a uh, wedding dress in your closet. It's very valuable just came back from the cleaners, I guess somebody borrowed it, and now it's blocking your other clothing. So are you allowed to move the wedding dress aside so that you can get to your other clothing? <clears throat> well, on one hand, a wedding dress is something that you would never move, you wouldn't, you wouldn't touch it, you wouldn't uh, be careless with it. You'd be very cautious about that wedding dress, it's valuable, it's expensive, and it's easily damaged or stained. On the other hand, it's not something which is a klisha malach del iser. It's not an item of prohibited use. So, um, Ravavati Yosef paskind, and there are many Sephardi poskin that follow suit, that an item which is intrinsically permitted cannot um, be in this category of muksa. It can't be muksa. It can't be muksa of machmas chesron kis, muksa that is of valuable objects. However, the Mishnah Brura and the standard accepted Ashkenazi psak is that, yes, you can have these cases in which an item which is really permissible to use is still totally muksa, super muksa, muksa machmas chesron kis, because it's a valuable item that is left in a designated spot that you wouldn't touch, wouldn't use, wouldn't be careless with. So that's the question of the wedding dress. Now, here's a surprising example of muksa machmas chesron kis that generated a lot of halachic discussion over the generations. It also teaches us a valuable lesson about defining this category. And that is what the Mishnah Brewer writes early on in his discussion of these halachas, 
that paper is muksa. Yes, plain old loose leaf paper is muksa, and not just muksa, but this higher category of muksa, the muksa of valuable objects. He writes that plain paper, which is designated for writing, is in this category, and uh, you can't move it if it's uh, sitting. If if you left the piece of paper on your chair, and you wanted to sit down, you wouldn't be able to move it off as you would a hammer, because it's a valuable object. It's something that you're careful not to use for other purposes. It's delicate, and you you don't want it to get damaged or bent because well then it's useless. Now nowadays in contemporary times the post can disagree about this. Rav Shlomo Zalman Orbach Zetzal, he ruled that nowadays we are more careless about paper. Uh, the post can speak about um, an example of taking a paper to put on a, a chair when you want to stand on the chair to get something from from higher up. Uh, we'll just use it. We'll grab a piece of paper and use it for that purpose as well. And therefore, since it doesn't have much value to us, and we'll, we will be fine with paper getting damaged or dirty or soiled or crumpled, therefore it doesn't ha- it's not in this category. In the days of the Mishnah Bura, it might have been, but now it is no longer Machmas Chesron Kis, according to Rishlam Zaman Orbach. However, we learn a valuable lesson from this, this uh, discussion, the development of this halacha. The fact that the Mishnah Bura could call paper uh, an item which is Machmas Chesron Kis and the whole discussion that ensues teaches us that the idea of a valuable object is a bit of a, mismo- a misnomer. It actually does, has very little to do, or doesn't necessarily have to do with a monetary value. It's not even a function of value at all. It's how valuable it is to you, how you treat the item. If you treat this item as valuable, and you don't want it to get lost or banged or bent or, or stained, and you're careful about it, that would make the item valuable for these halachas. It would make it machmas chesron kis. Shalom Zaman Orbach also, by the way, uh, even though he was lenient when it comes to individual pieces of paper, he held that a notebook full of blank paper would indeed be the same category of a valuable object um, on Shabbos. Fancy stationery, expensive stationery, would obviously have both of these qualities. Number one, it's fairly expensive. And uh, number two, it's uh, something that you wouldn't use for other purposes. You wouldn't make a paper airplane out of your, uh, your fancy stationery. You wouldn't place it down on a chair in order to step onto it to reach something higher up. An opposite example of the same point would be a cell phone or a smartphone. We said paper is something not very valuable, but it's very delicate, and therefore, according to some, it may be this category of a valuable object. A cell phone could be the exact opposite. It may be something very, very expensive. It costs a lot. But many people are not particularly careful with their cell phones. It's such a common item that, you know, I've even seen people, maybe myself included, who give their cell phone to a baby to quiet the baby, uh, just to play with. Not even to use while it's turned on, just to play with. Or to give to uh, young children to take pictures with, or what they would consider to be pictures. If you're willing to do that with your cell phone, you're showing that you're not particularly careful with your cell phone, and therefore your cell phone would not be this category of a valuable item, even though it's, in theory and in monetary value, it's very valuable. So that's the subjective nature of this interesting category of muksa machmas chason kis. Receipts might be another example. Um, I personally, I don't carry cash around. I, I almost never have cash. The only reason I'll have a little bit of cash or coins is to put into the pushka before davening. Um, everything else I use, either a credit card or some form of digital payment, I literally don't have cash in my wallet. Uh, so 
when I receive, so I don't really need to keep track of receipts because everything has a digital trail. Um, other people who use cash or who are careful with paper receipts, so then receipts are something different to them. So for me, a receipt is effectively garbage. So if I have a receipt on my desk uh, that I find on Shabbos and I want to take it off, so it wouldn't be Muksa Machmas Chasron Kis. But somebody who is careful with their receipts and stores them and organizes them and makes sure to keep them, so then that receipt is valuable to them. And then it would have the category, would have the status of Machmas Chasron Kis. Some other examples in this category include um, a license, passport, um, bills that you might be particular to keep. An unusual example cited in Svarim is that of uh, matzah. If you have matzah, which is set aside for use on the Seder night, and you, you're very careful with that matzah, not to get anything mixed into it, not to, so that it doesn't get cracked, so that your matzahs, matzahs can remain shleimim, can remain whole for the Seder night, so then a matzah, which are also expensive, would be this ca- in this category. Um, if it's matzah you're not using for the Seder night, and you don't mind if it gets cracked, then perhaps it would not be in this category. Um, this leads into a conversation about a picture on the wall or a painting on the wall. So if a painting on the wall gets knocked, somebody walks into it on Shabbos, are you allowed to readjust it? So if it's a very expensive painting and you're concerned with it and you wouldn't want it to get banged or scratched, then it certainly would be in this category of valuable objects. If it's not very expensive, so then the postkim discussed this, and some maintain that a painting, even though it's on the wall, um, and you want it to be straight and neat, uh, there are those who maintain that it's not Muksamachmas Chasron Kis. I recently saw a quote that Ramosha Feinstein held that a painting on the wall is akin to a vase or a vase. Um, it's something decorative, happens to be on your wall, but just like you can move around a vase, because uh, it's, it's something which uh, enhances a room, it's used for decorative purposes, you can also move a painting. So I have to admit, I don't really under, I don't understand, I didn't process it properly. Uh, a vase is something that you normally move around and a painting is not, but I just wanted to let you know that I saw that quoted. So if a painting gets knocked aside, um, if it's valuable or you're particular about it, then it would be usher to adjust it in the normal way. You could probably shift it with your elbow or your shoulder, um, and that's something we're, in, we're going to get to in a couple of weeks when we discuss permissible ways of, mo- of moving muksa. The final example of valuable objects would be merchandise in your home. And um, I'm picking these examples because each one contains a chiddush. It contains a more nuanced or novel understanding of this halacha that we wouldn't have understood otherwise. So merchandise that you're planning on selling, they could be items that are totally permissible to use on Shabbos. It could be silverware. It could be stuffed animals. It could be books. These are all things that we can use. They're not muksa at all. Nevertheless, if you have a, if you sell things on Amazon, and uh, this is your business, and this is your merchandise, then these items, then your books, would be muksa on Shabbos, and not just uh, level one of muksa. There would be this higher level of muksa that you can't move even to use the item itself. If you want to peruse the books that you're selling on Shabbos afternoon, you wouldn't be allowed to do so because this is your merchandise, and uh, and you're careful. You would be very careful with it. So merchandise is an exception of an item which is theoretically permissible to use. You could use it on Shabbos, but since it's your merchandise, you're selling it, 
and you are careful with your merchandise not not to even get a slightest scratch on it so it becomes uh, muksa of the status of valuable objects the one exception to this rule which takes us back to the beginning of this uh, little class this audio class uh, are food items uh, the post can write that food items never become muksa food is vital for a person's life and a person never really totally abandons the possibility of partaking uh, in food should the need arise. So even if you sell food and it's your merchandise, it, food doesn't become this category of muksa. So this gets us back to our original depiction, which is that banana on the wall. The title of the painting, by the way, of the, of the artwork was called The Comedian, if I remember correctly. So this banana on the wall we would assume that it would be It's very valuable. It's $120,000. On the other hand, it's food. And we said that food you never really put out of your mind. As a matter of fact, in another article that I saw, there is a performance artist. I guess art kind of has many meanings nowadays. There is a performance artist named David Datuna who walked into the Art Basel in Miami Beach as this... Uh, banana was on display and getting a lot of attention walked straight up to it said he was hungry peeled off the duct tape and ate the entire banana in front of a large crowd and flashing cameras Um, the art museum never pressed charges they said you know the artist said that the banana was meant to be replaced every so often and uh, therefore you know they didn't press charges and they thought it was uh, it was okay and it was actually pretty funny so on one hand, this, <laughs> this banana is extremely valuable. On the other hand, it's still food. So what do you think about that? Have a wonderful Shabbos.